it's important that we acknowledge that we really support these ceremonies because we still hold the Grammys and the Oscars and Billboard to a high standard, at a, to a pedestal. Not just us, but I think Black Hollywood still does as well. And we we need to have these conversations now more than ever because we're now in this, this very critical point in America where we're talking about equity and diversity and inclusion. Um, and now everyone wants to now acknowledge uh, Black-owned businesses. Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast that gives you news you can trust for the culture. I'm your co-host, Shauna Pinnock, social media director at The Grio. And I'm your co-host, Jaron Keith Gaynor, managing editor at The Grio. And this week we're asking, Dear Culture, is it time to break free of mainstream award ceremonies that don't give us our flowers? Ooh, I'm excited about this episode. So, but you know, gee, before we even get into all that, tell me what is on your mind this week? Well, uh, this past week, Shauna, uh, as you know, I was honored by Forbes as 10 LGBTQ plus uh, leaders to uh, look out for, to pay attention to, and... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I was obviously very floored by that. Um, you know, I am just a journalist. I never really see myself as a leader. Obviously, I do lead here at the Grio. Um, so, but it was very. Um, it meant a lot to me to be honored in that way publicly, um, because the reality is that I've shared my story on on Dear Culture often. I've shared my story and op eds over the years about my struggle being black and queer, um, you know, being, being rejected by my parents initially over my sexuality, being harmed from my sexuality, being bullied from my sexuality. And so to be honored during a month like Pride Month um, as a black queer man who is now finally out and proud, um, it was very special for me. And in that story, um, in the story on Forbes, you can check that out at Forbes.com, I shared how Don Lemon helped me come out the closet um, he told me to talk to my mother and tell her um, not only that I'm gay, but I'm proud to be gay. And I was very scared and apprehensive, but doing that really changed my relationship with my mother. She is not only accepting, but you know, I can talk to her about almost pretty much everything now where I didn't always feel like I had that relationship uh, with my parents growing up being black and queer. I just kept to myself. And I used to always be jealous of other friends, uh, kids who had these very close relationships with their parents because um, I didn't have that. I was always a different version of myself being black and queer. Um, and, you know, so shout out to Don for really helping me uh, find the courage to to come out to my mother um, because he was right. He said to me, you know, your mother can handle more than than you think. And he was right. And it was one of the it was the singular best decision I've made uh, coming out completely, not just personally, but professionally, because it's opened up doors like to be honored by a Forbes, because growing up, I didn't have um, black queer men to look up to, you know, Don Lemon came around when I was a young adult. And so I didn't have those images. So if I can be uh, a vessel or inspiration to young people or adults, there are a lot of adults from different generations who are not out the closet. So if I can inspire, um, and still, and, and also be honored. Um, I'm just humbled by that. Um, and I also just want to quickly mention that I had the opportunity to speak to um, U.S. Congressman Mondaire Jones, who's a friend of mine, and Richie Torres. Uh, they made history earlier this year um, as the first openly gay Black men to serve in Congress. And I spoke to them about Pride Month, about 
their journey to finding their own pride. And they're around the same age as me. I'm 32, my dear is 34, Richie is 33. And we are, you know, three uh, black queer men who, um, who came out later in life, who are still navigating what it means to be proud uh, when you're black and queer in America. And that's a whole different conversation. Um, but I encourage people to uh, watch the interview on thegrill.com, on YouTube, read the story. Um, they, were, they really uh, shed layers about their story of coming out and what that means to them. Um, and then also talked about the importance of passing the Equality Act, um, which is incredibly important because under uh, federal law, uh, queer, trans people, non-binary people can still be discriminated against uh, in the workplace and housing and education, the adoption system, uh, just for simply being who we are. And so while there's been progress for the LGBTQ plus community, uh, there are still, there's still a lot of uh, progress we have yet to make. Um, but I am incredibly honored. Uh, thank you, Forbes. And thank you to my Griot fam for, you know, this is not, even though they were honoring me, it's because of the work that we all do here um, that even opened the door for me to be honored by Forbes. And so uh, that's it. Uh, but Shauna, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I just want to say I'm so happy for you, Jaren. It is much deserved. And uh, I can't, you know, wait to continue to see you get your flowers like you deserve. You you. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jaren is all here with the positivity and here I come <laughs> shutting some stuff down. Um, and mainly because I need, I need to call somebody to the table because quite frankly, she is out of pocket. She is the unmitigated call and an audacity of one Monique, uh, you know, comedian, actress, Oscoina, you know, all of these, all of these things, but she is also a hating ass auntie and I'm real sick of it. I'm real sick of it. Um, now, so earlier this week, um, uh, someone sent a photo to Monique and it is a black woman who, uh, I don't know if she, it looks like she's wearing like a spaghetti strap dress or something like that. Um, her hair is apparently covered with a plastic bag. There's suitcases around her. So she's either at like, I don't think it was an airport. I'm more inclined to believe like it was like a bus station or something. Right. If I'm seeing a black woman with her hair in a plastic bag, my first assumption is sis just got her hair done and it's raining outside and she does not have an umbrella. So you're going to do what needs to be done. Anywho. So Mo, you know, was speaking to the beautiful queens and she says, this was sent to me as an example of what we're talking about that goes on in our community. However, if this is not your best, then do better. Being that, being that ultimately the decision either way is yours. I love us for real. Now, mind you, this was an edited caption because Monique was getting a little saucy in her original caption and was getting rightfully dragged because yet again, here we are. What? There's so many things. One, why don't y'all mind the business that pays you? What somebody else has on is not my concern. You don't know what that woman's circumstances was. You really don't. Could is, is it? Could it? Just out the blue, could it be possible? But that 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 woman she couldn't find appropriate. And these are air quotes. Appropriate attire because oh, I don't know. Maybe she was fleeing an abusive situation. And she's just trying to, let me, let me get my things that I got to dip. 
what business is it of yours? Let's let's also address. I, people like to say that she was a formerly fat person. She's not formerly fat. She's just less fat than she was before. I wholeheartedly believe that Monique has internalized fat phobia because I personally, me seeing that woman, I'm like, okay. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go outside like that, but that's just because I just don't want to. It has nothing to do with respectability. It's just, that's just not my ministry. Maybe that was sisters. That was, that was sisters. She had her own business. Mind your effing business. But if that was a skinnier woman, if that was just, a skinny woman in some poom poom shorts. Would that picture have been taken? Mo- would Monique feel so inclined to comment on it? You have your own internalized nonsense, sis. And while you over here trying to tell everybody about, oh, and, and, and believing that you're absolved of, 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 of shaming another Black woman using your platform. Granted, the woman's face is not in that, but who knows if that woman has seen it? Who knows if her friend saw it? Whatever else. You are using your public ass platform to shame another black woman. It's shameful and it's trash. Why are you talking to the rest of us? Mind your business. Mind your good black business that pays you. Because let's be very clear. While you're sitting here fighting for all this respectability, guess what? If that woman was in a, a, an evening gown, police would still possibly kill her. Police would still possibly disrespect her. It's quite possible a black man might see that woman, might see that that woman who was out here in this in, with a, a, a plastic bag on her head and whatever else could see that woman in a full suit and still call that woman a hoe. So what is the respectability politics for? Anywho, this past weekend, let's get into the show. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> this past weekend was the 21st annual BET Awards. And if you missed it, there were some major moments for the culture. Zendaya paid homage to Beyonce's 2003 performance look. Cardi B announced her second pregnancy. Oh, girl, enjoy. Megan Thee Stallion <laughs> killed nearly all the categories she was nominated in. Queen Latifah received a well-deserved Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm, so Sonic won best group with one whole song but you know so much more so much more <laughs> it was a little something for every generation to enjoy but reflecting on the evening got us thinking if we can come together and celebrate our excellence in such a major way then why are we constantly looking for validation from mainstream ceremonies it's undeniable that awards like the Grammys or Oscars have meaning but our awards they also hold their own weight maybe even more if we really dig into it Let's get into the show. So, Shauna, uh, I'm really happy we're having this conversation. By the way, I really enjoyed the BET Awards, and I've always enjoyed it. I, I, I used to work at BET. I've covered the BET Awards, Soul Train Awards. I've always looked forward to the award show because it was not just BET, but NWCP Image Awards, um, uh, not, I didn't really watch so much of the source awards for reasons that we probably we'll will get into it. later. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, but I've always enjoyed watching our own ceremonies because it was the one time out of the year that we got to see all of our favorite artists, entertainers, athletes just ascend in one arena, uh, to celebrate black excellence, to celebrate black culture, to celebrate black art. Um, and being someone who works in black media and has worked in black media 
pretty much my entire career with the exception of uh, two years at Fox News. Uh, I, I love um, when I, I love to be centered in blackness. And uh, it's also important to note that these award shows weren't created just because these award shows were created out of necessity. You know, the, the NWCP Image Awards, I believe was um, created in like 1968. Uh, initially, it was, it was, they had some dormant years, uh, but 1968 was at the tail end of the civil, civil rights movement. Um, and we know that just because it was the end of that particular movement doesn't mean that things were resolved in terms of racism in America. Uh, we were, or our black people during that time were fighting for equality in housing and education, voting rights. And so naturally racism uh, permeated Hollywood as well. And so rather than waiting for uh, white award ceremonies to honor uh, black gifted entertainers um, and actors and musicians, um, they decided to create their own lane. And it's one of the reasons why I, I really love watching uh, these award shows because not only is it entertaining, but it was always rooted in activism. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. along with two other people created the NAACP Image Awards and uh, they, were, they were entertainers, they were but also activists. They were members of the NAACP uh, Hollywood chapter. And so these ceremonies come with really rich history. Um, and so I always enjoy uh, just, just basking in, in black excellence. I have my favorite uh, BET moments, like when Destiny's Child did that lap dance on uh, Cater to you. <laughs> the Cater to You lap dance, like with it was mad, it was uh, Magic Johnson, Nelly, and Terrence Howard. And Terrence Howard was very happy to be uh, having Beyonce give him a lap dance. Uh, but there were just so many memorable moments at the BET Awards, um, and I think about the tributes. Uh, whenever an artist, a black artist passes away, there's no other place you can go to except BET to get that proper tribute. When Michael died, uh, they had Chris Brown do the tribute. When Whitney Houston died, they had Monica and Brandy. It's just, there's just so many like, when Prince died, that it just, the tributes are everything. And, um, but it's, it's important that we acknowledge that we really support these ceremonies because we, still hold the Grammys and the Oscars and Billboard to a high standard, at, at a, to a pedestal. Not just us, but I think Black Hollywood still does as well. And we, we need to have these conversations now more than ever because we're now in this, this very critical point in America where we're talking about equity and diversity and inclusion. Um, and now everyone wants to now acknowledge uh, Black-owned businesses um, and Black award ceremonies. But these conversations have been happening for a very long time. And so I hope that uh, given the climate that we are in, that people will begin to, one, that companies will invest more in Black, uh, black organizations and Black um, Black, or, black legacy organizations like BET, um, but also that we support our own. And that's the main thing that we, if we don't support it, uh, these award ceremonies might not last forever. There, there have been award ceremonies that came and went. Um, and BET Awards is, you know, quietly keeping the lights on at <laughs> BET if we're going to get into that conversation. Um, uh, so it's really important that we really honor our own because if we if we don't do it, yeah. no one will. Um, so I'm going to keep it a buck. And this doesn't just apply to like the black award shows. I think I've aged out of watching award shows like just in general until there's something that I specifically want to see. 
I'm not tuning in. I just, I, I, I think I've just reached that point in my life where I'm just like, I don't care that much about these celebrities. I just don't. There, there are very few. Um, so I usually end up just catching the clips, holla at YouTube or Twitter or Instagram. Somebody will give me the, the highlights of what I need. Um, and that's been like that for a while. I'll tell you, I, I think, but one thing I, I, that you have said um, in terms of tributes now, one thing that I do remember from a BET award uh, show that I did love, I believe it was, um, it was Prince was still alive. And there was like a, a medley. Was it the BET Awards? But anyway, there was a medley and there's, you know, Prince was very famous for his shady looks, okay? He was very famous for, for, all, for all tea, all shade, you know what I mean? And I believe uh, one Alicia Keys decided she was going to get up on a <laughs> piano and perform. And Prince had... And then her note was like real flat. She had a real flat oh, note. And then yeah. you see Prince and, and, and you know... This is why I love us for real, okay? <laughs> Shout out to Monique. This is what this is why I do. It's because then the BT cameraman knew, get in on Prince's face, get in on Prince's face, because all Prince did that. He said, mm-hmm. oh, mm-mm, did you mm-mm. Like, <laughs> and that was priceless. Um, I think the last full-on award show that I've seen was the BT Awards, and that was the year that Prince died. Um, and that was because I can't remember if it was the Grammys or maybe like the AMA, some, someone, some award show decided that they were going to honor Prince. And it was very, it was very flavorless. It was very unseasoned. And I remember BT had, uh, a really Viacom in general were able to put their commercial for the BT awards that was happening like later that week. Um, they were able to put it up on whatever channel that was, say if it was like ABC or something. And the the <laughs> the screen was like, yeah, we saw that. Don't worry. We got you. I was like, black people knowing black people things because that was some lukewarm trash. And if Prince were here, he would come down and smite all of them. I'm sick of this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there there's just certain things that, about our culture that I don't think that these mainstream award ceremonies can get. Um, you know, so you had Will Smith uh, when he was the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff boycotting the Grammys in hell, what, I was two? Uh, 1989, you know, and that was because they learned that their category, which they won, wasn't going to be televised. Why? Like, why? Okay, so then cool, we don't need to be there. If you're not going to respect us enough to show this thing, then we don't need to be there. You know, we've had Oscar so white, you know, all of these, these different things that we're trying to bring attention to, um, not to condemn our own people, but black folks tend to be hypercritical of our own. Why are there some artists uh, and celebrities who are more willing to go to say the Grammys or the Oscars and not the BET Awards or the NAACP Image Awards. Now, I'm not going to say how I know this information, but I will say <laughs> it. Um, there are several people that I do know who work at those places, work in those industries, have to work those award ceremonies for both, for, for on both sides of the spectrum, for us and for, you know, mainstream. And there is, there tends to be a lot of disorganization 
amongst some of the uh, often too often amongst the the award shows that we are putting together and that we are putting out um you talked about the source awards let's talk about the source awards jaren <laughs> we all remember mm. the 1995 source awards now if y'all for for if we got any gen zers listening and y'all like what the hell is the source Awards? what is that uh the source <laughs> magazine um the source awards were it was another bt it was another naacp you know thing but a little bit more um hood adjacent <laughs> mm, <laughs> hood, hood adjacent. Like uh and there was one night in particular this is where if you've ever heard of um what's that fool's name suge knights you know you don't want your your producer you know, jumping up at all the music videos, come on over to, to death row. That's where that speech comes from. That's where, you know, Outkast gets up and talks about like the South got something to say, you know, like all of that. That is also where uh, a brawl, <laughs> it was very East Coast versus West Coast. A brawl broke out at the 1995 Source Awards. And I remember watching that. I was seven, eight years old. And I remember watching them and my mother and my father who do not use the N word like that. Like they're, they're Caribbean people. They don't even be using that. And I remember my mother being like, look at these, what's going on? This is why we don't have nothing for ourselves because this is how y'all act. Now, again, respectability politics, man, man, man. But, um, you know, I think there are certain things that we do have to hold ourselves up to a higher standard for, right? And I would love to see celebrities, um, artists start to more in droves boycott the Grammys and the Oscars, quite frankly. I, I really would because there are too many things that are honestly just travesties when you're just like, how the hell did this win? But that did it. How did this get you know recognized? But this person who's been in the game for however long, like we're sitting here calling her a new artist. Where have you been? Like, it's like, but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, this is why the mainstream is so disconnected from our culture. It's, it's, it, it, it's apparent. Um, but if we are going to do that, if we are going to say, yes, you know, we're going to be out here supporting more of our own. We're going to actually come to the NAACP image awards, actually display them. Okay, like how Serena Williams have all them tennis trophies, display them on your <laughs> on your mantle when you do. I don't know if they ever revive uh, MTV Crib. I want to see <laughs> the NAACP Image Awards. Where is your BT Star Award? Where is that? I want to see it. Don't just mm -hmm. show me that little horn from the Grammys. I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to just see that. Um, but within yeah. that within that same line of thinking, I need our people to kind of step it up too. Yeah, I hear. I definitely feel you like as a person who used to work at BET, um, I will, I have to defend just a little bit because I, I see from the inside how difficult it is to put together these award ceremonies. And keep in mind that we always get the short yep. end of the stick. So that means you have less budget. Um, and so it doesn't mean that it's they're in lack of talent or that they're in lack of people who care about the culture and want to put out a good product. Uh, but money has a big factor in that as well. But for sure, you know, we see examples not just in entertainment. We see it just 
sometimes black businesses, you might not get the service that you, ex that you would expect anywhere else. Um, so it is important to have a standard, but my, I always struggled with, to your point earlier about the over being overly critical of our own, I'm kind, I'm kind of of the ilk of support anyway. Um, that doesn't mean support through trash or, you know, that we just support uh, when you do something wrong, uh, we should be able to uh, critique our own as well as support our own. But I do feel like having been on the inside and also working in black media, how overly critical we are of, of each other um, which I think is uh, a mentality that is very destructive because then it's like, it, there's no end to it. It's like, you, you, it starts with one thing. And then it's like, I felt like every year, the BET Awards, for example, even when it was a decent show, a good show. You still talk trash. People just love to talk trash about BET and like how like, but, but if BET went off, if the award show went off the air, we'd be like, we'd be like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? Like we would be upset about it, right? If Viacom tomorrow canceled the BET awards, we would decry racism, uh, but, we, but we won't even tune in for our own show. So I have like, you know, some personal feelings about that, uh, but I do understand, I, I understand that we should also be requiring uh, uh, quality output. Um, but as far as Black Hollywood, you know, we see the examples. I don't want to call out any names, but we see A-list celebrities going to the Oscars, going to the Grammys, even after publicly calling out these ceremonies and not showing up for our, our own award shows. They might show up for BET Awards because BET has become what it, what it is, but they're not showing up to the Trumpet Awards, the Dove Awards. I mean, like that's gospel, and but like are, we're not seeing the satellite acceptance speeches. <laughs> right the, and look i i love you know i love my black artists but some of them have you know they treat black award ceremonies as secondary the same way they treat black media as secondary you know that's a whole that's a whole different conversation but there's a thread there and so if you want to be why why, why be overly concerned about being honored or not being honored by the grammys or the oscars or the tony awards or the emmys when you can be honored by your, your own. And so if you're not even, if you're not even, um, if you don't have a respect and a love for your own ceremony, um, it's, it comes off a bit hypocritical to me when you're decrying racism uh, from white mainstream audiences when you don't even like pay attention to your own, your own community who want to honor you, honor you, who want to celebrate you, who do actually consume your art uh, or what you contribute to to, uh, to Hollywood, to the culture. Um, and so it's really, it's, it's really a, a call of, of action for all of us to, as we, as we, like I mentioned earlier, as we exist in this, this new space in terms of uh, black love and black excellence and celebrating that, we have to also uh, ensure that we are doing our part. I loved her uh, acceptance speech at the BET Awards. And she mentioned how without black culture, without black musicians, uh, there wouldn't be pop music. There wouldn't be country music and so many other genres that came out of uh, gospel music and blues and soul music. And so we are the innovators. We are the trendsetters. And so at any given moment, if we decide that BET awards, it pops, then it pops. Um, and, and that is starting to happen. You see now um, mainstream uh, media outlets now covering the BET Awards when it used to be just Black media uh, covering these award shows. And so there is a shift, uh, and I'm happy to see it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I think it's really important that we continue to have these conversations um, because we're not going anywhere. Um, and so there's a lot of work to be done on the, on the white mainstream stage. You know, I, it really gets under my skin when I think about how the Grammys has treated Beyonce, for example. She's the biggest artist uh, since Michael Jackson um, alive today. And she's, she has the most uh, uh, Grammys by any, uh, I think, artist, musical artist, um, but yet she's never won album of the year or a song of the year. She's always been, she's always won in the categories that are deemed urban or the R&B categories. And so they make it very clear how they see us. And so if that's how you treat a Beyonce, imagine how you treat a Brandy. You know, they, the, the artists that we love and know who don't even get nominated. And so I'm sure it's very frustrating when you pour your heart into your art. And, uh, and I get it, like having a Grammy, having, having an Oscar, uh, it makes you feel good, it's validating. But we've also seen how you can get those awards and it doesn't, it doesn't translate into more gigs. It doesn't translate into respect, uh, respect from mainstream culture. Uh, but 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 us, the black community, uh, we are, we're always here with our arms wide open for our artists, for our uh, musicians and actors and athletes. Even when they do wrong, we still love them anyway. And so um, it's important for black Hollywood to. Um, so I guess my question to you, G, would be, do you think that there is a place in which our like where both the mainstream and our ceremonies can like? coexist or should we just say you know bump the grammys bump the oscars like they're <laughs> that that's that's so passe like do we just you know do we just say forget all of them or and and solely focus on our own or is there a way for those two entities to coexist and to have if not the same amount of re of respect and reverence um, at the very least, that our stuff outweighs theirs. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And I think that that's up to the parties involved. I think it's up to white organizations like the Oscars, um, like the Grammys, to do better with equity and inclusion. And if they stepped it up and they actually ensured that uh, black and brown artists are nominated, then they will maybe show up to those award ceremonies. But on the other end, um, if Black Hollywood doesn't fully support uh, Black award shows, then they will go, they may go dormant. So it's important for us not to just, you know, it was really interesting when, um, when I think it was Jada Pinkett Smith when she first started speaking out against the Oscars like years ago. And she said that she was boycotting the Oscars and among others. And that same year and the years that followed, then all of a sudden you're seeing Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith at the NAACP Image Awards. Um, Beyonce is now, uh, she's performing uh, at, at the main stage at the BET Awards. And all of a sudden everybody's tuning into our award shows when uh, we were, there was, they were seeing a decline in viewership and audience. And so that has to continue. You can't do that for a couple of years. Um, and then go ahead and, uh, and return to the Oscars and act like, you know, everything's all gravy. You know, it, it requires that this has to be a, a commitment. It has to be the same way that you uh, get all dolled up and pretty for uh, white mainstream uh, award ceremonies. 
then you have to treat black award ceremonies the same way. Um, and, and it's how you, how you show up shows how you, what you think of the arena that you're in. And so it's not really up to us other than we're consumers. So it's important, for, like I said, it's important for us to support our own. I think they can coexist. I think it's gonna be very interesting to see how things move forward because we're seeing a lot, even though we've been screaming about, or rather Hollywood has been screaming about um, having more inclusion and diversity at white mainstream award ceremonies, they are struggling internally to even have enough black and brown people on their boards um, who are the ones who nominate and determine who wins the awards. So that's up to them. But as far as our own community, the BT Awards, the NWCP Image Awards, um, and any other award that might be created in the future can be as big as we want it to be. But it requires um, Black Hollywood to show up and, and treat it with the same respect that they've given to these white um, organizations for, for decades. No, I definitely agree with you because I get very irritated at the idea of the Grammys and the Oscars. And then you're, again, the, it, it, those could be some award shows that are just baffling to watch, which is why I don't, I don't watch them like that. I just catch the, head of the highlights for that reason, because I'm not about to sit here and frustrate myself in my own house. But it's like, you'll see like this category of five, six, seven people. And you're like, I, I'm sorry. I, and, and not to say that, you know, just who I know or don't know should be the end all be all. I'm not the grand czar of, of all things like music or, or acting or, or any of those things. Plus I love to say it. I'm old. I don't know half these people no more. It is what it is. It's like, <laughs> no baby, That's no little baby, no baby. I don't know who these lils are. Okay. I don't know. However, there are so many times where I, I see blatant and glaring oversights by these uh, by, by these these mainstream entities. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> real talk, because you had Beyonce and Jay-Z over here pretty much not coming to the Grammys, give sipping Duce out of the <laughs> out of the the little trophy thing. Talk about, oh, Blue's going to have another little sippy cup and all this other stuff. You know, all like that's that's cute and it's fine and it's well. But I'm like, if Beyonce, if Jay-Z, if the hell LeBron is probably going to be up for an, an Oscar for Space Jam, who the hell knows? You know, if all of these celebrities were to get together and be like, you know what we're actually not going to do? We're actually not coming. Andre Day, no, I'm not. I won't be there. Thank you so much for, for considering me. I won't be there. The John Legends. I won't be there. Uh, what's that? That fool with the the weekend. You know, <laughs> I will not be there, and that is it. I will not be there until you are making sure that the people who are actually pick, like you said, who are pe- who are picking the nominees, are not quite frankly old, out of touch white people who don't know nothing and who basically the only reason why you even know of a little Yachty or the baby or, or Doja Cat or something like that is because your kid on TikTok is singing this stupid song all the time. That's the only, that's your only exposure to it. You're not a part of the culture. Why are you here? You should not be able to. And, uh, and let's be very clear and understand. Black culture is the culture. White people, y'all are cool. It's all right. It's cool. But 
you have no flavor. You have no culture. Your culture is stealing from others. Primarily, yeah. Yes. Primarily, yeah. Yes. So if that's going to be the case, I don't want to, I don't want to see Oscar so black. I don't care to see it. I'm sorry. You're a little too late. I want to see the celebrities gather and be like, we, we are only going to be at BET. We are only going to be at the NAACP Image Awards. We are only going to be at things that are chosen by us, for us, represented by us, and is for our culture. Now, if you want to come talk to us, you can come, you, you can come holler at, at this, these, these award shows. We're, we're going to be talking to the Black Outlets first. But you could possibly, you know, come get the, the last little scraps. Come on over, Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and whoever the hell else. You know, you know, like, come on over, people. Yeah, come on over to the BET Awards. Come holla at us. Yeah. And I'll just add that, you know, we have to get out of this mentality that centering Blackness is secondary. Yep. Or that you can't be considered mainstream um, if you're always in black spaces. And just as an example, the Grio is a black-owned black media outlet, and we are in the yeah. White House. <laughs> it's the I'm White just House. Say that. Okay, uh, you know, th- there we go. And and you know what? This this I don't know. Our producers may cut it, but I just had to go ahead and say it. Speaking of you know us being hypercritical and and whatnot of one another, uh, Grio fam, here's what I need y'all to understand. Just because you might have a feeling or something like that about something that is on the grill.com, here's the thing. You can sit here and wax wane and wax and wane and complain, all poetic in our in our Instagram comments and Facebook comments and on Twitter and all this other stuff. But I do notice y'all never keep that same energy for the Fox News, for the CNNs, for the for the nobody. You only keep it for the likes of us and the blavities and the roots and essence and all this other stuff. When you are you realizing that we are we're covering the, the stories that they're not. Relax yourself. Mm-hmm. Just give us a little grace. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> and I will concur. I will concur with that. Um, but, you know, getting the recognition you deserve for your contributions to the culture is important. But it should be equally as important to get that from within your own community. Let's put that same energy or sometimes more energy into our own to show future generations that we got us. We want to remind our listeners to support your local Black businesses and donate to your local organizations and religious institutions. The business that we will highlight this week is 619 Black. 619 Black bridges ancestral roots, youthful energy, and evergreen sophistication with the vitality of wine, art, and Black culture. Celebrating the African diaspora and the freedom of our people, they are committed to exemplifying the evolution of Blackness and the progression of thought within Black communities. They focus on Black life and its myriad of successes as they acknowledge the residual impact of slavery and systemic oppression on our present lived realities. For more information, visit their website at www.619black.com. That's S-I-X-1-9-B-L-A-C-K.com. Pride Month may be over, but the fight to protect our trans neighbors is not. 2020 set a morbid record. It was the deadliest documented 12 months for trans people in the U.S. with 45 homicides. The majority of those deaths being trans women of color but it looks like 2021 is on the track to be even deadlier with at least 28 recorded killings so far. 
anti-trans legislation is more rampant than ever. Collectively, the GOP has delivered more than 100 bills in efforts to restrict the rights and freedoms of our trans family. From bans on trans care, families and raising trans children are even finding it dangerous and unlivable in some states. You have a voice. I'll say it again, you have a voice. It's 2021, so let's try to fight for what's necessary, what's human and what's right. Be sure to check out the links in this episode description and to find more information on how you can join the fight. Thank you for listening to Dear Culture. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. And of course, please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments. We love those to podcast at thegrill.com. The Dear Culture podcast is brought to you by The Grill and executive produced by Blue Salusma and co-produced by Taji Sr., Brenda Alexander, and Abdul Kadus.